Oh man, hello everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is officially season two of Down in the Delta. Wow. (laughs) Never thought I'd say that. Season two. It has been quite some time since I uploaded or recorded anything. I think the last episode was back in November and that episode, it felt like a good stopping point uh, or ending for season one. Um, My God, everything that has gone on from November to today, I'm recording this. It's March 31st. that a lot has happened. <laughs> a lot has happened, and I'm sure I'll cover it in later episodes. But today's episode, today's topic was brought to me by one of my followers on Instagram, and it's functional altars. So before we get into functional altars, I want to define what is an altar? Because the number one question that I seem to come across is what is an altar? How do I build one? Where do I put it? There seems to be a lot of stress involved uh, when it comes to, (laughs) to building it. And it's, that's absolutely, that should not be the point. It should, building your altar should not stress you out whatsoever. It should be an easy, uh, easy to do thing. And uh, it should be a fluid thing. And speaking as someone that has several altars throughout the house, I have two in my kitchen. Um, I have one in the living room. I have one in my bathroom. I have um, two up here in my office, which is where I'm recording from. I have one in the hallway, one on... <laughs> One on the, um, well, I mean, I think those two would be considered shrines, but I have a shrine in the hallway and I have a shrine in the uh, staircase and I'm building one as we speak outside in the garden and um, those that I have were all built fluidly and intuitively too. Oh, I have one by, I also have one by my front door. I have one by my side door. (laughs) You get what I'm trying to say. I have a ton of altars and shrines throughout my house, but each of them serve a specific purpose. And we'll go over that later on. But first I want to get back to the definition of what is an altar? Um, An altar is a sacred space with a spiritual uh, focal point. It's a reflection of one's magical self or one's spiritual self. The in- it's Literally, it's just an intentional space where you gather meaningful items that help you feel connected to your highest self or to a specific purpose. Um, I have an ancestor altar in my kitchen where, you know, all my pictures of my deceased loved ones are the ashes of my recently departed dachshund. Her ashes are there. There's flowers. There's meaningful uh, family heirlooms that all gather on that one table, but its specific purpose is to honor and recognize and remember 
those that came before me that share my blood. Um, you know, I have one in my kitchen that is an abundance altar. I have one in my main living area. It's apparently it's turned out to be a love altar because everything that I seem to put on there has something to do with love. There's um, a brass bowl of Himalayan uh, rock, like salt rocks, pink pink salt rocks. There's this beautiful white and pink orchid plant. There is uh, a pink marble incense burner. Like there. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, that might be a love altar <laughs> that I've been subconsciously building. Um, but, uh, or you can have a prosperity altar where all of your, um, if you're into feng shui at all, that would typically go in the east corner of your house. Um, but you would have on that altar items and mementos that remind you of prosperity and financial growth and abundance, like um, a Chinese money plant or lucky bamboo or money incense or um, uh, there's so many different things. So the possibilities really are endless on where or what uh where you put your altar and what you put on your altar. Um, I know uh, growing up, altars have kind of been like a subconscious thing for me. I remember growing up, I had like this big mir like mirrored dresser and I would just put all of my favorite things in a little corner like rings and necklaces and cool rocks that I found or little bottles of perfume. There was this perfume back in the 90s. I can't remember what it's called, but they um, had these tiny little, they were like tiny little bottles and they had, they were different colors and they would have things on it like playful or glamorous. And I would, <laughs> I would get those and put them in that little nook. I would have pictures and ticket stubs and you know, all you get what I'm trying to say. But that in and of itself was, I think, a, an altar to me and all the things that I loved, like a me space. All the things that I loved, all the things that made me feel good about myself and um, and really, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the abundance that I had around me at that time, uh, abundant with friends, abundant with inspiration and so on and so forth. Um, so, um, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes. An altar can really go anywhere, any place. There are no like hard, fast rules about altars. Um, unless you're, you're building a shrine or an altar for a specific deity. Um, let's just use Ganesha, for example. Ganesha, if you're building one for him, you're going to make sure it's up on a very high shelf, an elevated space, and you're going to make sure that it's nowhere near a bathroom or the laundry room because those two places are considered low vibrational places or, um, well, yeah, low vibrational places because you're constantly cleaning those spaces. Um, well, you should be, a normal person would clean those spaces regularly, if not, you know, once a week at the very, like, you know, bare minimum, whatever. But, um, um, you're going to avoid putting him in or around a bathroom or in or around a laundry room because 
there's a whole thought behind it. I recommend that you Google it and look further into it, the feng shui of it, after you get done listening to this episode. But there are no real hard and fast rules when it comes to building an altar or putting an altar in a certain place, unless it's a specific deity, um, which you can do your own research on, or an ancestor altar. Um, I would advise not to put an ancestor altar in your bedroom. Um, unless you are going to cover it with a cloth every night. Um, And that is for intimacy reasons, for those of us that are in uh, intimate relationships with others. Um, However, on the other side of that, if you have a relationship with the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary is typically uh, a popular place to put her is on the top, a dresser top, or on top of an armoire or something like that in a bedroom. Um, But anyway, so you can place an altar on dresser tops, in bookshelves, on, I love those floating shelves, like those very minimalistic altars um, when all you can really put on there is, you know, maybe a picture frame or a tiny statue of something and maybe a tea light. Um, but anyway, so when I think about building a functional altar, an altar that serves, maybe it'll serve different purposes. Um, the first question I ask myself is what, what is my purpose here? What is my purpose for this altar? What do I intend to actually do here? Am I praying? Am I facilitating candle burns uh, in this space? Am I meditating? Am I journaling? Am I writing in my grimoire? Am I creating tools here like Grigri or spell bottles or, you know, whatever? I think about what do I want to accomplish in this space? And then the second question because let's let's be serious here. Let's let's just if we are going to be journaling in this space, maybe you want it to be in a on a desk, in uh, a place where you can have some kind of quietness, like for whatever reasons, like maybe a desk. And I'm thinking of the desk in my office. I have a tiny little altar space on my desk where I do a lot of writing and I work on my grimoires. I've got a candle here. I've got a thing to burn incense on. I've got, you know, everything that I need around me at that moment to light a candle, get the incense going, maybe pour a glass of water or liquor, depending on what I'm working on. Um, however, if I'm if I'm going to be praying and meditating at an altar, I want it to be low to the ground, if not on the ground completely. Um, and they have uh, you can buy beautiful cloths for that, to where you can pack it up, where you can leave it, um, in a place where it won't be disturbed. I do know that they have. I think it's at IKEA. You can, or maybe even Walmart. You can get really low um, low to the ground tables that work really well for for meditation and prayer altars. But the main thing is, I I want to ask myself, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? Because I think, I mean, every altar has a purpose. My second question would be, what, 
will this altar look like? I have found myself in the past sketching out designs for altars. What do I want it to look like? What kind of candles are gonna go on here? What does the altar cloth look like? What kind of, what does the vase look like? Are there pictures behind the altar? Do I have a number of floating shelves that are gonna be over the altar space, right? I strongly recommend sketching the design. Um, if you really wanna put 110% into it, Another thing that you can do is you can sift through the pin, through, go onto Pinterest and sift through photos um, and try and source inform, uh, not information, but inspiration from Pinterest. Um, I, <laughs> I have several Pinterest boards on altar inspirations, garden altars, meditation altars, deity altars, all kinds of stuff. Um, what will my altar space look like? If I am building an altar for a specific god or goddess, deity, whatever you want to call it, what will it look like? What colors will be present? What flowers? What jars of offerings? I can tell you right now my Hecate altar slash shrine has jars that contain poisonous flowers that are sacred to her. It has um, seashells. It has amethyst. It has uh, skeleton keys, iron keys. It has little jars of animal bones. Um, what else is on there? Um, incense that I know she likes. Um, her wine, dark red wines. Pomegranate, images of pomegranates. Um, Turkish candy. Um, because one of the, the oldest shrines to her is in, in Turkey. And so I've got Turkish uh, candies and stuff on there for her. But anyway, if I'm building a deity shrine, what objects are do I intend to put on there or keep on there to honor and pay respect to them with? The third question I would ask myself when building an altar, what supplies do I already have on hand that can be on the altar? And I think this also ties into building a beautiful yet budget-friendly altar. Um, because I, I just don't believe, I don't buy into the whole, you know, your altar must look one specific type of way. You must spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to make an altar space magnificent. Honey, you can do more with a white candle and a glass of water and maybe a pen and a piece of paper than you can with all of these altars that have 60,000 candles on it and all the bouquets of flowers and all the incense going and all the, you know, emblems. You, an altar is a personal, it's very, very personal. And it's 100% okay if you don't want to break the bank, nor should you break the bank uh, when compiling an altar or creating your own altar space. Um, 
I'm also of the belief that your spiritual practice is an intimate thing. And there are altars that I have that I will never share pictures of because it's between me and spirit. It very much is a second marriage. <laughs> and there are some things that are, are not meant for public consumption. And so I guess to round out that to round out that thought, building an altar is a very personal and intimate thing, and it can be very easy to get caught up in um, what, what we don't have versus what we do have. And at the bare, bare minimum, bare minimum, a white candle, a glass of fresh, clean water, a stick of incense, and maybe a crystal or even hell even a rock that you found on a nature walk okay i have rocks in my altar space that came from when i was uh, hiking in colorado just a regular old rock <laughs> that i picked up gave an offering for and brought it back with me because it spoke to me and so maybe you know maybe that's another conversation for another episode but to round out that thought, the core base of, of an altar space, they're, they're, well, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's your altar. It's your creativity that you're, you know, tapping into here. On my altar, I always have the four basics, the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, earth, crystal or a rock or maybe it's a dish of dirt oh my gosh on my ancestor altar I was blessed with the opportunity to receive a small uh, container of dirt from Ireland I put my finger in it and cried <laughs> uh, but a jar of dirt or a, a vial of dirt from a place that means something to you air, incense, or bird feathers um, that you find while you're foraging or you're just walking around. I have hawk feathers. I have owl feathers that I have found on my property. I have seagull feathers that I have found down on the beach. Like, oh my God, just, just any representation of air will work, whether it be feathers or incense. Um, Water, obviously, you know, a glass of water. Um, I will say though, I stay away from plastic when it comes to my altar spaces because I want, I want my altar to be as natural as possible. Um, I find that it's it's more difficult for spirit to speak through artificial channels. By artificial, I mean man-made items like um, Sharpies or plastic cups, um, man-made crystals. I mean, if that's what you want on your altar, no tea, no shade, that's, that's completely up to you. It is just my conscious decision to keep every aspect of my altar as natural as possible. So I have glass vials of Florida water on my altar. 
I have um, stone or brass, copper, uh, incense burners. I have glass. Um, oh my gosh, I'm looking over, <laughs> looking over at my altar and trying to eyeball it. <laughs> but anyway, a glass of clean water, a glass of clean water, and then for the fire element, a candle. Um, whether it be a container candle or a pillar candle that sits in a glass vase. And then some people have altar cloths, other people don't. I have one on mine just because I, I do work there all the time and I don't want it to ruin the tabletop. <laughs> but an altar cloth that is of um, non-man-made materials, whether it be um, cotton, linen, silk, whatever, as long as it's, or lace, as long as it's not like polyester or something like that. So, I think there, I think that about wraps it up though. Oh, um, uh, ancestor altars, deity altars, meditation altars. Oh, forgive me all if you can hear the train going by. Um, here's an example of what I would put on a meditation altar. So I have a big square of uh, an altar tablecloth that was gifted to me by a relative. It is now a family heirloom. On what I usually put on that piece of cloth is chakra materials. I have a chakra oracle deck that I work through. I have bells. I have sound bowls or singing bowls. I have an incense that's very soothing, um, like lavender or um, nag champa, I find to be very soothing for me. But that is what I have. And I obviously have a candle, but those are some components of a meditation altar that maybe you can, can use to compile your own. In the case of a portable altar, I have in my portable altar miniatures of things. Now, port portable altars are great. They are phenomenal for people who are under the radar, for people who travel a lot. Um, although I do find that whenever I travel, all I really need is a candle and a glass of water or something. Um, and I'll usually carry like a small, like uh, a whiskey dram with me when I travel. But I usually find that all I really need is a piece of jewelry from my ancestor altar that was significant to one of my um, deceased loved ones. My little whiskey dram and a candle, like a tea light or something. And that for me is a travel altar. Um, but I do have a... Um, of those makeup bags like a train case makeup bag that you can get from TJ Maxx um, and I do carry in it chime candles smaller crystals um, incense cones oh, cigars um, a square a five by five square of white fat white cotton fabric 
um, just stuff like that for a travel altar. And I, you know, it's, it's always in there. It's ready to go. I have a lighter or a book of matches that I do remember to take out when I'm traveling, <laughs> that I take out when I'm traveling. Um, maybe there are some components of animal bones in there that I feel a significant, a significant bond with, like, um, shark's teeth or um, coyote bones or um, oh my gosh I should have looked in that travel case before I got on here and started recording this but anyway who knows maybe I'll take a picture of it and post it online for you all to see what I have in my uh, travel altar but portable altars are great for those. You can keep it in a cigar box. You can keep it in a shoe box and keep it under your bed, keep it hidden somewhere. You could keep it in one of those really pretty um, memento boxes that you can get from, we have Tuesday morning here. I don't know if y'all have them wherever you're listening to this from, but we have a place called Tuesday morning that kind of is like home goods or TJ Maxx, but it's more home stuff. You can get one of those. Uh, but the idea is it's it's all personal to you. It's all significant and supposed to be a reflection of your spiritual practice, your relationship with spirit. And so maybe some functional pieces. I Listen, I am not above going to the dollar store to get altar items. I don't know about y'all, but when I was coming up, Dollar Tree, Dollar General did not have the kind of stuff that they have today. Um, these beautiful, like, cut glass, glass that's been cut. It looks like goblets. That's a, well, it's $1.25 now, but that's $1.25. Um, they have these little corked mini jars that, like, little bottles that you can get now. Sometimes if you're lucky, you can catch like really pretty jars and small uh, vessels that you can keep things in. Um, oh my goodness. Maybe that's, maybe that's another episode. Here I am getting all these ideas. Um, I will go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of things that I would put on an altar and take a picture of it and show you guys. But um, there really is just, there's no limit. To, to what you can truly do with an altar. Um, talking about budgeting and, and making an altar that's budget friendly, learn your neighborhood herbs. Learn what is growing around you. I, and I'll share this story, I am, well, I was pouring uh, Beltane candles and I'm thinking to myself oh I really want violets for I really want violets for the Beltane altar um, because that's another thing your altar can be you can change it out with the seasons I my ancestor altar is by my front door and I do I give them offerings based on the seasons so right now um they have white hydrangeas, which apparently they love, and I had no idea. <laughs> I have white hydrangeas on there. I have all kinds of Easter candy. 
uh, mixed together and piled into big uh, beautiful wine glasses. I have got um, I dyed eggs <laughs> for the first time in years. I dyed eggs and I put them in a bowl on there for them. You know, it just get creative. I did all that for Ostara, but um, for Beltane, I was thinking, oh my God, I really, really want violets. What's the next next best thing to a violet? A pansy. They're that beautiful purple and um, purple and yellow uh, colored plant, right? I go to the store. I can't find pansies anywhere. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just buy violets online. Girl, violets online are so expensive. So I'm like, all right, how can I get my hands on violets? And I heard Spirit say, go outside. Do you know that for the last two weeks, I have been walking around my property, harvesting wild violets to go into these candles? So this is what I mean by get to know your neighborhood. Go on nature walks, take a basket, Take a little pair of scissors and oop, it looks like I'm running out of time. Get a basket, take a pair of scissors, download the plant identification app. There's no reason why you shouldn't learn what's in your environment. Also, um, go out to your local Goodwill and look for antique pieces. Spirits love old shit, okay? They love old stuff, all right? So I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit me up. You can find me at Midnight by Verbena uh, on Instagram and on Facebook, or you can send me an email at midnightbyverbena at gmail.com. It has been so much fun talking about this. I will see y'all next time. Be well, be blessed, be bountiful, and be beautiful.